ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Hello. How are you, young lady? I am just fine. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Welcome back to ATV Talk, the three-time woman's champion, Andrea Berger, is with us today on ATV Talk. And I see that big smile. We're having a little bit of, of uh, video issues today, so it's only audio for me. But we're going to get through this and uh, get it taken care of. But you won your third title in a row. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, where do you want to start? Um, I, want I, guess... you to, I want you to start with, with what does it feel like? Um, initially, so I won, won um, my last, like clinched the title back in at, sorry, at the end of July um, at Redbud. So I was flying on cloud nine. Um, <laughs> feeling excited and just overwhelmed with such a great feeling and feeling of accomplishment. Um, and then just extremely grateful to have that third championship under my belt, but no, I was just super excited, happy. And I had a great vibe all weekend or all that entire weekend. So it was really, it was, I had a lot of fun. That's outstanding. You, you, so you, you won in red, you clinched in red bud. And did you skip a race before the end of the year? Uh, yeah, I didn't mean to skip it. I ended up getting COVID. So Ooh. yes, uh, Keaton, and I both got COVID the week of, uh, Loretta lens. We, <laughs> I ended up going into work on Monday or Tuesday morning and I'm like, I do not feel good. Um, like my head was floating. If that makes any sense, I had a horrible headache and you kind of like have the, the sore throat, the clogginess. 
and, um, and super tired. I just felt extremely tired. So it went in, got tested, came back positive. And, um, I mean, I tried working from home every once in a while, like throughout, throughout the first week I had off and we would work for about an hour and we would have to sleep for four hours in order to catch up. Like it was, it just felt tired all the time. And how long, how long did that last? Uh, the tiredness and the sleepiness and the, well, that probably lasts for four to five days. And then there was the, the head, the head floatiness, I guess. And just slow reaction time that lasted for almost probably two to three weeks. Cause it took forever for me to feel comfortable back on the quad. So we tried riding about, a two two weeks after uh, we initially got covid and just our reaction times both of our reaction times were slow and um like we would let's say we we're preparing for a bump we would prepare for it but it would be already too late so you're just kind of hurting yourself in the long run wow That's, yeah so it was better just to wait and 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 train Later. Yeah. Yep. For the most part. And then when I did try training, it was, I was lightheaded too. And that doesn't help anything either. So I'd be careful not to pass out. Really? And, and yeah. how are you doing right now? Oh, I feel great. Um, honestly, well, I actually do have a little bit of a head cold right now. I, this year has been horrible. I've been sick more this year than I have any other year. Um, but other than that, I feel good. It took me, I would say a good solid month to get myself back into riding shape or at least somewhat decent riding shape and, or just training and working out. Um, like I just couldn't, it was so hard to breathe. Oh, that's another, another thing. I, we had a, a very hard time breathing. At least I did. There was a couple nights when I did have COVID that I was nervous about going to bed because it was it felt like a brick was on top of your chest and you're breathing through a screen. It was, it was difficult and very different. How did, but, uh, how did everybody else respond? Did your parents get it or did anybody else get it? Um, so my parents actually already had COVID. They were, um, they were cold. So they didn't, they were kind of laughing at me like, Hey, finally got, finally got COVID congrats. But, um, <laughs> Keaton's dad ended up getting, and we're really close with them. And Keaton's grandma actually ended up being COVID as well. Um, she ended up getting, um, put on a ventilator, uh, her going on her second week into having COVID, um, miracles do happen because dang, she, she came out of it and she's actually still recovering from COVID. She had actually ended up getting ammonia from it, but. But she's, but she's doing better now. Yeah, she's doing better. Like uh, the doctors originally called her the miracle lady. Well, that's outstanding. Um, so we're all very thankful in. that she, she pulled through and recovering that's for awesome. her to come back home. Let's get back into your season racing. Yeah. Yeah. Have, uh, has COVID hit you at all? Um, it's danced around, um, the outskirts of, of my group. Um, well, 
my middle daughter's uh, fiance boyfriend had it in Guadalajara. All right. And two weeks after or three weeks after he recovered, he flew here and to get vaccinated. Yeah, I could tell by the look on your face. It's OK. We, we, we don't need to get into that. But um, it, that's that's the closest to me that that has happened. Uh, a couple fr- acquaintances of my brothers or friends of my brothers have have had it. But um, no, we've been I know other people, you know, some of the people that I've had on the show, Jimmy White and a couple other people recovered from it. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, most of the people there's a lot of people that have, have, have had it or it's been through their family and uh, they fortunately everybody has come out unscathed. That's good. I'm glad to hear. Yeah. I mean, we don't, uh, my wife works around people um, and and COVID patients all the time. So it's kind of crazy, you know? Yeah. Especially if you're around it, that's nuts. Well, my uh, niece works in a facility in a hospital that here in Southern California is a hotspot. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's kind of weird, you know, but she, I, I, I don't, I don't think she's had it. I don't, I never asked, you know, but they're all vaccinated. They're all vaccinated. And I, I do mean they're all vaccinated. <laughs> so yeah. you can take that from where, wherever you want to take that. But I want to get back into some ATV racing. Um, you started out the year pretty strong. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, Texas was rough for me, for me, at least it was extremely rough. Shaw, um, definitely showed her colors down in Texas. Uh, she absolutely loves sand tracks and she's great. She, she beat me by a landslide. Um, but then when we get into like Pennsylvania, Georgia, uh, which I do have a little bit of story behind Georgia. And then, um, uh, what's the next one? And I think there was high, no high point. And then Sunset Ridge is in there. Yeah, it was a pretty good season. But um, just a highlight from and being the season in Georgia, Aeonia's uh, Pass, um, that was one of the, like, pretty cool race. We had quite a few girls on, on that track or up on the line. And the first moto, I, I come out in second um, within the whole shot, and I get around the first girl and then – during the track, which is the beginning portion of the track, there's like a little hump and I ended up over jumping that hump and I landed right on top of a rut. And so that made me go almost flipping. And I thought that I was going to come off the quad and the quad was going to run over me worst case scenario. And it wouldn't have been good. Um, but what it ended up doing is I hit my, hit my knee against the, the tether, the tether cord, and it came out and I didn't know it. And I was, I stayed on the quad, but before I could get it running and before I realized it, I'm like, why is this not starting? And I look at my tether, I'm like, oh, it's not even in. And by the time I realized that all the girls are gone, they are like at least half, like half the track gone. And then I see Shaw coming past me. I'm like, what the heck happened to Shaw? (laughs) Um, And sooner on or later on, I found out she had troubles out on the starting line. 
So I see her go past me and I'm like, why just start? And it finally started. So me and her are in the back of the pack and making our way up through the pack the entire race. And I would say that that was a pretty cool race, just an all in all. Um, and I ended up coming up on top as well, um, uh, for that moto. And then, um, but it was a pretty cool race. We, I, we both really loved it. <laughs> um, just something different instead of starting the starting up front and then running away with it. You were telling me before we started taping, uh, they're going to change the format. Uh, we don't know that for sure. Um, that's something we are going to try pushing for. So as, as of this year, um, Neve Shaw and her family pushed for the two race format on Saturday and we ended up getting that. And, but for this year, they also brought up, brought up the idea of doing it right before the pro motos. So it would be timed whenever we would race and we would be also kind of be a feature to the ATV motocross nationals. And it, it should be, that would be great. Wouldn't it? Yeah, I think I think it's a great idea. Um, so I'm hoping we got all the girls together this year and I'm hoping that we um, were able to go to the banquet or after the banquet, we'll have that meeting and we can sit down and talk to the head honchos of the nationals and see what we can do. Well, it'd be a great way to feature the WM, uh, the, the WMX because it puts you you are a pro class, puts you right up there with the, the pro men's class, you know, to feature you right before their moto. Mm-hmm. It gets the crowd warmed up for the men's race. And then you're all good to go. You're going to get more spectators. You're going to get more coverage. Uh, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't do it. Yeah. I, I mean, why not Let's try it out at least see what happens. I mean, they used to do that back in the day. That's how the women's or pro women's class was, um, was viewed or how, how the format was. That's, that's pretty awesome. I hope that works out. Um, were there any other changes that they were shooting for? Um, towards the end of the season. Yeah. So, well, and also, um, I had a couple goals as well, but the, um, the WMX class feature featured, I guess two girls on Briar Cliffs moto tees or the event t-shirts. And, uh, we were all pretty dang excited about that. And we were, I mean, I, we, we basically made history back in the day. I believe Megan Shepard was also on a t-shirt, but I believe this is the first time two girls had their own t-shirt on an event, on an event t-shirt. And we were extremely excited and, um, I guess that was one thing I was working all season behind the scenes, working with Moto Tees and um, <clears throat> with Briarcliff with Jeremy Osborne. Um, but no, that was really cool that happened. And then we also, throughout the season, actually, Holly Carroll brought it up to me at uh, Unidel about having an autograph session. So I've seen a picture. Yeah. Um, and like I said before, I was trying, I was debating about getting posters made or not. And then she's mentioned it and she actually did half the posters or the designs for the girls. Um, she actually even did mine and they turned out great. Um, so if anyone wants to hit her up, she does great work, but anyways, uh, <laughs> um, so she kind of got the ball rolling on that. And then we all kind of pushed for it. We were, 
talking behind the scenes, like maybe pushing for red bud and then a couple things fell through. Not all the ladies are ready yet. And then, um, Loretta Lynn's came up and I was ready to go, but then COVID hit. So then we ended up, um, getting on board with Jeremy Osborne and he was like, yeah, let's do it. And he actually set up the tents, chairs, tables for us to have the session. And it was a huge hit. I thought it was great. I mean, everyone, um, all the girls that were there were just beaming, um, their faces lit up and just having like little girls come up to the table and actually looking at us and kind of looking up to us, I think will be one of my favorite memories ever. That's pretty awesome. And, and that was at what facility? That was at Briarcliff in Ohio, Nashport, Ohio. That's pretty awesome. And, and how long did they give you for the autograph session? Um, I would say it was about uh, an hour and 45 minutes. It was, we started at one o'clock. We tried getting all the girls there and we went up until like two o'clock right when the pros started. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. You, you get your, do they do a men's autograph time? They do. And that's, I guess that's another good point um, that we might want, might want to push for is just having the autograph session with the pro men's session. I agree. That would just be so great. Right. Just instead of having two separate times, just do it all in one. It's better for the fans. It's better for, I mean, it's better for everything. If you, if everything's all timed out and planned out and, and you just get everybody taken care of at, at one point yep um, that's that's incredible that they did that um you'll have to shout out more to jeremy uh for taking care of that and everybody else that was involved i didn't catch the lady's name that did the flyers oh holly carroll holly carroll well yep her um, race number is 595 um she was black red and white this year um super spunky uh she loves watching uh, other racers come up through the ranks and help going up to the line. So I give her a lot of credit for going up to the line for all the um, amateurs and uh, for the amateur girl races. I mean, we were both up there for most of the season. So it was cool to have um, girls like that actually contributing to, or at least supporting other girls. How long are your motos? So right now we're doing about five laps, but come, which comes out to probably 12, 13 minutes total, um, depending on track, uh, usually around two minutes each lap. Really? Are they mm -hmm. talking about giving you guys any more time or, or just keeping it the, the, the straight five laps? Probably just keeping it the straight five laps for the meantime. Really? Unless I hear, this, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I heard some talk from Neve about her hybrid. Um, wh what did you think going up against that? And you switched machines this year to a, to a fuel injected machine, didn't you? Or you'd been riding one. Yep. Nope. I, uh, I ended up switching at the beginning of the season, which was one of, one of the hard things to do. Um, not necessarily hard. It was just, had to put time and try to figure out the quad. Um, but her quad is ridiculously fast. And I didn't realize that until I hopped on one 
uh, we, my friend, uh, Gage BB ended up buying one midway through the season and I put my leg over it and I did a couple laughs and like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> this thing has so much power, <laughs> but she, she flew. We like, I ended up, um, uh, what I ended up doing, I ended up going, going into digging into my motor and trying to find some more speed after, um, after I had that experience with hybrid, just cause I knew she was, she was still practicing. We both were practicing like crazy and trying to find speed. But I knew where, where I was lagging. My bottom end was lagging quite a bit. So I need to find some top end or bottom end. Really? Yeah. Did you, did you, did you have any success with that? Yeah. We, uh, we ended up putting some hot cams in. Nice. As long mm -hmm. as that, as long as that works out for you, that that's what you need to do. Yeah. yeah. And I think from here, you just need to work on riding technique corners. What was your, how many races did you win this year? I believe it was six in the WMX class and B or in B class, just one. But oh, so you did one of the one, one of the B class races. Yeah. That That's was so, awesome. that, was, that was at Briarcliff as well. Really? Yep. So that was, um, we had 19 guys out there total, uh, out on the line and, uh, on uh, on Saturday, I ended up getting fifth, <clears throat> which which is solid for me coming on a, off of a Saturday and coming right off of a WMX moto. And then on Sunday, it rained all night, all day Sunday. And then Jeremy did a really good job prepping and working the track, but the whole shot was super muddy. And um, I was just looking at the track conditions. I'm like, yep, mud tires. Um, so I put some Hoosiers on. Um, and those things were great in mud, let me tell you. But we uh, put the mud tires on. I got the whole shot, and I just led the entire race. That's awesome. And then that the is the Saturday race a qualifier for the Sunday race, or do they do they count both motos? They count both motos. So a five-one got the overall. Yeah, which is freaking nuts in this class so the top three guys in that class they were all fighting for the number one or the overall uh overall position um and then i just kind of put a wrench into the, into their scheme and i don't know it was i can't believe how i finished i wasn't expecting to get the overall when i got off the track but it's pretty cool winning the moto and then getting handed the overall and you're like what yeah exactly <laughs> And you won the woman, the woman's race also that we yep, I did one, one. That's That's great. So six women's race wins and one B class win. How did you end up in the B points overall? I, I got a solid fifth. Um, well, I mean, come on. There's one year I did get fourth. I was aiming for a top three position in the overall. Did the, did missing a race hurt the points overall that much or was it just um, that's where you were going to end up? I think it was a combination of having the two moto format on Saturday for the WMX class. Cause either I was trying to save energy 
uh, right before, because usually the B class would end up right before my WMX class, the second moto, or it'd be right after. So it was either saving energy or trying to give it all while I was beat, tired and whatnot. Because usually there's only like two races. I have to, throughout the season, I had to fight to get another moto in between my WMX class and the B class. So it was, it was a little different. Did the promoters not work with you guys very much on that? Oh no, they, um, we, they tried. It was just, wasn't a huge break. It was usually just, like I said, two motos, which is about 20 minutes in between each moto. That's not bad, but that's not great either. No, (laughs) I think when I can get, it's a good experience. It just puts you in, it just gets you in better shape so that when you go to the next round, you should be in, you know, you should be better, better to go ride. Yep. What's the weather been like uh, for training? Throughout the season, it was pretty decent. Um, I actually had a major life-changing event. Um, I actually ended up moving to Iowa. Um, and in Iowa, it's just a better situation. I actually live, um, I live with my boyfriend, Keaton, and now, but now we, I live basically right next to the track. So I can practice whenever I want to. Unlike before, I was either an hour, an hour and a half away from riding or having a place to ride. But either way, the the weather condition throughout the season was pretty pretty decent. Um, it got actually kind of muggy for the most part, but we tried training in that, um, but also had some fun. Um, a couple times, me and the, the gang and us, uh, we all went to the water park. But uh, right now, uh, actually, the temperature just plumbed it. So we... Haven't gotten out a whole lot, but we plan actually to go up to a local race, a D23 race up in Minnesota this weekend. But we'll be. Is the weather starting to change back there already? Yep. So right now, um, instead of wearing uh, shorts and a T-shirt, we got to wear sweaters and pants in the morning. And then you probably see. Yeah, I can see my breath this morning. So, yeah, it's getting there. Wow. You gotta love, you gotta love that, that, that East coast weather. And you're not even really on the East coast. You're just in no. the- Midwest weather. Yeah, man, you can keep it. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm a sissy. I don't oh. like the cold. I'll, I'll take it. I love it. My wife likes it cold too, but I'm just, you know, I like the 70 degree, you know, to 90 that, that just makes it good for me. Mm-hmm. You're right. You can keep that. The hot weather. <laughs> Have fun. Well, when 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 you race, quite a few of your races are in hot places, aren't they? Oh, they definitely are. Um, <laughs> um, especially in the beginning of the season, it is definitely a, a shock to the system. Whenever we have a hot or humid race, it really. I think Georgia on Friday it was super sticky and just humid, and you're like you go out for two laps and you're just drenched and you don't want to go anywhere. You just want to stay in the motorhome for the most part. But then the weather turned around and it was beautiful all weekend. So I don't know. God blessed us with some great weather this year. Honestly. I mean, it, for real, um, we didn't get a whole lot of rain either, which is kind of nice for, for racing purposes. Yeah. Cause it doesn't destroy your equipment. Yes. <laughs> <Ding>. <laughs> I always, I always looked at it. Okay. Yes. It's raining. Yes. It's fair for everybody, but the cost to repair 
everything you destroy is, is. you know yep it's just so much harder on equipment because it mud gets into everything and you think you're safe no you're not it, it, it i get no. it i've been there got that t-shirt yeah protected <laughs> everything perfect okay why i got mud running out of my intake boot when i take the air filter off mm-hmm. that's nice <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more in depth about how your race program is going to move forward with the big change in life um well <clears throat> we're going to keep doing what we did this year we are uh keep we're going to keep on racing um one nice thing about going forward is that I don't have to tear my quad apart or down to the bare bones like I did this past year. Um, but other than that, it'll just be training as much as I can. Um, like I'll probably hit the gym. I'm going to be hitting the gym pretty hard here within the next couple months. Um, and then maybe go to Florida for a long weekend, um, either in February or March, and then try to get some ride or seat time in um earlier within the year either late march probably I when we talked last time uh you were telling me that you didn't get to ride at all will you be able to ride where you live now in the winter at all no um it, it's going to be the same scenario most likely unless it doesn't snow or if it doesn't get super cold this summer or not summer this winter and there's no way to ride in that weather not really, unless you want to put studs on and go ice racing. Wow, I mean, it. it yeah. You got to. You, you're. I'm asking you these questions not because I'm trying to sound like a total knob, but I, I've just never had to deal with the weather being that cold. So, um, is it a physical body thing, or is it just no traction? Uh, both. I mean, you can't. First off, you'd freeze, freeze your butt off. Um, especially with the cold temperatures that we have up here. Um, other than that, usually we get like this past year or this past winter, we had quite a bit of snow. So just trying to get through the snow, especially if it's two, two to three feet, and you're not going to get through that with the quad. Right. Yeah, because either you're going to sink in it or it's just going to be pure um pure slush whatever the weather's like makes more sense now that you put it that way you know it didn't mean to didn't mean to sound sound totally naive but i just wanted to uh yeah no 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 it's um (laughs) i guess we could plow off the track if we wanted to that's a lot of work though with the skid steer (laughs) but if we're getting pretty desperate we might have to do that how late does it stay cold for you guys? Does it stay into April? Um, not freezing temperatures wise. Well, yes, yes and no. Um, I think in late March was when we were able to first get on track. Um, but usually it's probably 50 degrees, I would say, but when it, when we're out there. So we're just happy that we're riding 50, 50 degree weather at that point. That's not that bad, is it? No, that's not that bad. It's when you, anytime before that, it's usually 
um, the dirt's not thought out before then. I got to ask you this question. And I, and I asked most of the men too, that ride in the cold temperatures, how long does it take for your arms to get in shape so that you don't have to fight so much arm pump? Um, I don't get arm pump all that much. That's awesome. Yeah. I usually, I think I get arm pump the first ride, the first ride in and that's first or second ride. And that's pretty much it. Do you do anything special to train for it? No, the only thing I can really think of that probably helps me on that is I, I like to row. So I do a lot of rowing, um, just training wise and pull-ups. I think pull-ups do quite a bit as well for your forearms, just with the grips and whatnot. So how many pull-ups can you do? Uh, depends if they're strict or, uh, strict. come on, come on. Let's, let's, um, probably I'm probably getting up to 15 now. You're shitting me. No, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. I have yeah. a shoulder injury. I can't even do one. Oh, you gotta learn how to do it just with one arm, one shoulder. You can yeah, do it. Right. <sighs> you know, <laughs> I probably, I probably got you by a hundred pounds or more. So that's not going to happen. You know, well, nothing's impossible. Well, right. When I, I got my shoulder injury, I was training with a guy and I was, it was fresh. And that's one of the things that he forced me to do was pull-ups and I could do pull-ups for, you know, a little, but as I have let the problem with my shoulder. Uh, I haven't let it deteriorate as it deteriorates because of the style of injury. It is. Mm -hmm. I can't do that anymore. But um, what did you do? I didn't go to the doctor. So when you get injured and you're hurt, go to the doctor. So kids, anybody that's listening to this, <laughs> if you get injured, go get checked. It's not a big deal. I didn't. Uh, it took 10 years before I couldn't handle the pain anymore. And I finally went to the doctor. And when that doctor diagnosed it, uh, it was too late. They couldn't do anything for me. Oh, I see. Yeah. I dislocated and broke it. And, uh, and oh. two weeks after I, I did it in Idaho, um, at a race, got up, finished the race, race the next day. And then two weeks later, I was in France racing the Pendezvous um, and then came back and instantly started back into the season and never gave myself a chance to heal. Never, never went to the doctor because I had function. It just hurt, you know? Yeah, I bet it did. It, it did. It did. Um, it hurts worse now. Um, so I, I still train. I can still ride. I can still do a lot of things. I just can't do a pull-up. You know, it, 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 the, it, it'll come out of the socket if I try to do a pull-up. So. Oh, yeah. See, it comes out of the socket, picking my cell phone up sometimes, you know, you just naturally roll it in front of you to look at it, to, to, you know, look at something and it pops out. So. Uh. 
run. He races cross country and he was able to do that. Like he, and during the middle of the race, his shoulder would pop out. And then all of a sudden you'll see him like get off his quad in the middle of the woods and you'll see him run into a tree to pop it back in. <laughs> so sorry that your story reminded me of my friend. You, you know what? It, it, you totally get it because I will <laughs> use a door jam when I can't get it to go back in just by moving my arm. I have to use a door jam or something and, and I don't have to slam into it. I just have to use the leverage of my arm to pop it back in the socket and go on with life. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Keep on popping it back in and go, I guess. Well, they said, they said the cure is replacement. Well, they have those, but there's no more riding. There's no more mountain biking. No more working out, no more lifting weights, and all that goes away. Pish posh. If my dad has a hip replacement, he's been riding, or he's had that in for almost 10 years now. You'll be fine. It's the shoulder, though. It's, it's, if I coll- if I fall on the shoulder on my mountain bike, there's with that replacement, it destroys it. Oh. And then you, then you lose the function of the arm. Right now, if I fall off on it, I still can function. We're talking about my shoulder. We're supposed to be talking about you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm um, having a conversation here. Okay. Exactly. Um, you, you, you I, I'm not asking the right question and I feel bad for that. I want to talk about y- your change of life. You made this choice. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you guys made a, uh, a plan together to, to move in together or did it, or was it something that spur of the moment? Did you do a racing program? Um, all the above. I mean, we've been kind of bouncing the idea of like living with each other and moving in at some point. And I've been, I wasn't going to do it without having a job. Uh, so I ended up finding a job midway through the season and got the interview and I, I now work for a steel mill as an environmental specialist, but, um, we, I, I got the interview and it just went really well. They offered me the job and we're like, all right, is this a good idea? So here I am. And I moved in with them and it's been going great ever since. Excellent. Excellent. I'm, I'm happy for you guys. Uh, can I ask a little more personal question? Sure. Is, is there wedding bells in the future or is, or have you guys not thinking like that or, and why is your face turning red? <laughs> That's a Keaton question. <laughs> that okay. ain't up to Where's Keaton? <laughs> hey, honey. Come here. Working on. He was right by the door before. Well, he'll, but, he'll, he'll show up. You know. uh, Leonard has a question for you. Yeah. I can't see you, bud. Coming. <laughs> Hi, Keaton. How are you, man? Pleasure to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you too. I can't see you, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm having a little uh, little video issue here. My IT person, my Valeria, my daughter is not here, so I'm just having <laughs> to deal with it. But that's hey, okay. I, I I got a question. Um, I, I don't want to get too personal. I know it's it's not everybody's business, but you guys have a, a new um, program going there and uh, you moved in together and you got your, your own race team going. 
Uh, I was just wondering, are there wedding bells in the future for this for this team? She wanted you to ask that, didn't she? Uh, that's... Nope. I asked it all on my own. Uh, probably at some point, I suppose, but I don't know when. Oh, that's the wrong answer, brother. <laughs> well, you should call me later when you when we can talk privately because you need some pointers. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is this is this is not going good for you. I can tell. Uh, it's going fine so far. Well, that's great. That's great. I, I was asking. I, I was asking questions about the weather since you live there and you've lived there longer. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any way that you can get her out training sooner um, because of the because of the harsh weather? Um, we actually pretty much just go to Florida. Sometime in the winter, probably like late January is kind of what we've been shooting for in the past and then go for a couple of weeks. Um, one year we were able to get out in, I think it was the first week of February. And that's the earliest we've ever been able to ride. Yeah. Um, and I, last year was probably late March. So that was definitely abnormal being able to ride in early February. Okay. I get it. I get it. I just, I have to ask these questions because I'm a Southern California boy and uh, it's wonderful here year round, even in the summertime, it's still wonderful. So, um, you know, I know it might be a little hot for most people, but you can ride, you can train, you can keep doing all the things that you need to do. Um, You know, so we're spoiled out here. We just have to drive three days to come back there to go racing. (laughs) that's the downside Mm -hmm. that's the downside well hey i appreciate you stepping in and i didn't get your last name i'm sorry dirk s-t-e-r-k yeah Yeah. he's the owner of 38 motorsports 38 motorsports hey it's a pleasure it's a pleasure all right hey that now I, i get to put a face with the the name of that company I, I have customers that use your product and, and uh, yep. they all have good things to say. So good deal. That's uh, so far. So good. Haven't good. really had major problems or anything. So pretty happy with everything. That's great. You know, keep up the good work. And you know, when it comes to developing product and, and it comes to uh, making a name and, and making a way in the, in this industry, I hope you do great. And, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. So just keep your head down and keep working hard. Yep. That's the game plan. Yep. And he definitely does. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. I had no idea, you know, and, and, uh, that's, that's a great thing. You and I'll have to, you and I'll have to talk because maybe I'll get you on the show and, and we can talk developing and, and, uh, quads and all kinds of cool stuff. I like talking quads. Yeah, I think that'd be a great episode. <laughs> I do too. I do too. So uh, I'll have to get your information so that we can hook up. That's fine. All right, brother. Um, let's get back to, well, let's see if you have any input to her season. Um, she came <laughs> out strong. She won a few races. What did you see? Did you see any changes from the, the last couple years? Um. There was definitely improvement. She had some learning to do, mostly getting used to the R model, I would say, over the car model she was previously running. Um, Some learning, maybe not learning so much as adjusting. And 
getting the machine set up at first it wasn't super close for um no, we had a, we took the tracks out what probably seven times throughout the season trying to get them dialed in wow that's but you know what the the, the way that the the way that that machine works differently than the than the carbureted model i, I totally get it were, were one of the things that you noticed that she was dealing with with the difference between the carburation and the fuel injection um I would mostly just suspension wise and initially lacking well being comfortable I would say being comfortable yeah mm-hmm. uh, do you if 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 I have to ask your opinion between the carbureted machine and the fuel injected machine if if you compare the two which do you like better still I like the R you do like the fuel injected bike better yes I do like the fuel injected quite better. I think it just handles way better in corners and I, I trust it. Um, I usually snap an axle once a year on my carb model, but this year on the R I didn't. So I was pretty jacked about that <laughs> There's a where, where I was debating about changing out the axle. I'm like, we should change out the axle. It's about that time of year. And then he's like, it's an R don't worry about it. <laughs> well, Hey, you got a guy there with some experience. I would listen to him. You know, he seems to be doing pretty good. Yep. He he knows his shit. I mean, he, he races too, so <laughs> he understands it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. You guys, you guys ride the same model machine I'm a taking. Yep. That's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, what other improvements do you think that you're going to make for rolling into next year, or you don't have to give the secrets away too much? I, I don't know. I don't know any at the moment. <laughs> so you're going to keep the same package for next year? Probably. I would think there might be like tiny, small uh, changes, but nothing significant. Will they let you run up? Well, they let, they let hybrids run in that class. Have mm-hmm. you maybe talked to them about making a production rule? Uh, no, I... That's another thing I came up that I was thinking about um, just because a hybrid is freaking gnarly uh, just with the speed. Um, but at the same point, have at it. I, I don't know. I mean, that is something that we did. Uh, at least me and Keaton have talked about. Keaton, what uh, do you think about, about limiting that? Um, I mean, I don't think it would be a bad thing. But I don't know. Um, it's somewhat of an advantage for sure, but just because it's a hybrid doesn't mean it's necessarily a better machine either. So, yeah. So, are you of the opinion that the factory stuff is as good as the aftermarket? I've ridden both and I cannot ride the hybrid it just doesn't suit my style um but even like my comfort level on the yamaha is better than like say a honda as well um so it's just rider preference i think mostly Mm -hmm. so when i hopped onto the hybrid though i thought it was something similar to my car model so I think if I would hop on one, it wouldn't take me very long. It'd probably take him longer 
and me to get used to it. Keaton, what class do you ride in? Um, this year I did pro sport and 450A as well as the pro stock class. Um, next year I'm planning on doing pro am and pro sport. No more pro stock. I don't believe so only because I won't be able to do pro am. Okay. They both run on Sunday. So. All right. And how, how did you do in the pro stock class this year? Um, it's pretty much towards the back, um, battled with another kid pretty much every round, but that kept it fun. Otherwise, if I could still see the guys who are actually in the pro class at the end of the race, I was pretty happy. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I am 27. Yes. Oh, you're still a kid. (laughs) You got another, you got another 14, 15 years to race. So you're good. Exactly. <laughs> There's a guy on the West Coast that's in his 60s, so you're good. Oh, yep. there you go, <laughs> Doug, I, I think Doug Eichner's 56, and he just raced the 50A class out at Works in Idaho a couple weeks ago. So that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think it's great. I, I don't see any reason why you should stop riding anytime soon. Nope. No, no. My dad keeps making excuses, but I don't think I'll be that way. <laughs> Why you got to beat up on your dad? He did. He knows how to go fast, but he could never show us. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he, he doesn't. He, doesn't tell want, he tells you how to go fast. He just doesn't want to show you how to go fast. Exactly. <laughs> well, That's all right. I'll tell you this: when I get to instruct riders and to do things like that. I'm not getting on the machine. (laughs) I don't blame you. You know, I'm 55 now. And when I need to test, I go test. You know, I either, you know, test ride them before I deliver them or take them out and figure out what issue is with the machine that I'm dealing with at the moment. But I don't, I don't ride in front of people and I don't, pleasure ride that much anymore because it's i'm too busy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dang pond or podcast <laughs> uh it, you know what i don't think it i don't i don't think the podcast is it it's just the volume of work right now is off the charts yeah that's how we well are you having supply issues with materials and things like that um, yes, more so parts, like for the repair side of the business rather than, um, anything else is pretty much okay. Other than the cost is just going up, but yeah, we're struggling to get materials. Mm-hmm. It's That's, unbelievable. Yep. Mm-hmm. How is the workforce there? <laughs> it's, uh, his boss is a total dick. <laughs> um, wow. That hurt a little. Harsh, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you sleep with this boss? <laughs> Every once in a while, they're supposed to keep on the down low. Well, I mean, oh, your parents are going to listen to this. Sorry. You know, <laughs> they have separate rooms. Yes, I do. We do. <laughs> so um 
no, nothing significant other than, you know, just like everybody else, Yamaha, it takes forever and Honda takes forever. Yep. Pretty much. You know, you should call uncle Joe and say, Hey bud, let the ships dock in California. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to do much good. I just, you know, I was throwing it out there. Somebody might have better luck than me because I'm not <laughs> taking my calls. Uh, so that's the issue that's going on. I didn't know what was ca- causing the bottlenecks. So that's good to know. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of different things. I mean, the labor shortage, the material shortage, it, it, there's just, you know, I mean, I don't know how many guys you got working there, but my brother and I do just about everything. For now, it's just me, but I'm working on getting somebody hired, but I'm, I'm struggling with like the state and stuff like that. So, yeah, they, uh, <laughs> I mean, he started the paperwork probably six months ago, yeah, probably. Six months ago. Yeah. I don't know what the laws are there to, well, you can't just hire somebody. No, um, just getting all of the legal side of stuff done is just a pain in the butt right now. I don't know if like it's mostly them not at work, working from home still or what. I think all the government agencies are back at the office, but. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one because I don't know. um, I don't know. There's so many agencies that you can't get them on the phone. Everything (laughs) is online. um, And then the, Compute then the online systems don't work right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to go back to pay. Out here, you have to pay a fee every year. Well, I had to go back three times to get the system to work to pay the fee. Mm-hmm. Scratching my head, you know, this is no brainer. Click, click, click. You know, it takes five minutes. And when when the system just won't accept your information, what do you do? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Call them up if you can. Yep. Good luck getting something. Yeah, you win. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Well, guys, I really want to appreciate or thank you so much for coming on ATV Talk. It was mm-hmm. outstanding. Um, getting both of you on together. That was a bonus. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Uh uh, you know, <laughs> but you got to ask those questions sometimes, you know, <laughs> Yep. at some point down the road, sooner rather than later. Well, being a, 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 a dad and having a daughter, well, I have uh, three basically, and uh, two of them aren't married. Uh, one of them is um, one of them's got a semi fiance boyfriend. And um, I asked him the same question. Uh, when we live together, where's the ring? I'm a little, I'm a little on the old school side and a little tough. So yeah. <laughs> just be thankful she's not my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that, that, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. Yeah, uh, it's a pleasure meeting you, and and I hope you have success with your business. And uh, make sure that uh, you and I get to exchange some information so that uh, I can uh, sit down and have a conversation with you about building ATVs and selling parts and what the industry's doing. 
That sounds good. <laughs> I want to congratulate you on your third championship, young lady. Uh, that's pretty amazing to do it three times. Uh, I think that you're going to need to train harder because the longer you carry the one, the heavier it gets. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> I mean, this year's kind of been kind of crazy just because the pressure definitely was more than any other year so far. And like I said, after, after red, but I think that just releasing the pressure of not having to worry about winning for the rest of the season was kind of nice, <clears throat> but, um, but still it, it's every race you get, get the, get, get a little bit of anxiety and, um, it weighs you down for, for sure. Well, make sure you train, make sure you eat right and, uh, keep your intake of fluids up and your anxieties will, will stay down, stay away from the sugars. Uh, oh no, that's what my diet is. Milk and cookies. <laughs> I just figure I, I, you know, Hey, I get it. You know, I like cookies too. That's why my wife is mad at me all the time because I'm eating her cookies. Yeah. It, it's Keaton, Keaton. You have no, you have no idea. You know, <laughs> We really need to talk, bud. We really yeah. need to talk. Somebody didn't give you all. Somebody didn't give you the handbook. Yep. <laughs> it sure won't hurt. Hey, no problem. Um, keep up the great work. And I want to invite both of you back at any time. It may happen. I may reach out. Um, and, and have a special show, uh, Keaton, I know that you and I are going to have a, have a time talking, uh, because, uh, I love to talk quads and I love to get inside the minds of other people that do what I do, um, because you can always get those creative juices flowing and, uh, talk about the what ifs and the coulds and the, and, and the things that nobody else would understand, uh, about building an ATV just the people that that get out there and think about it and uh dream about it and talk about it in our sleep you know <laughs> you laugh yep. but it but it but it's true right it's <laughs> true there's a couple more wakes up and he has his dream like are you kidding me what do you do about that <laughs> you know uh i'll tell you a little quick story and then i'll let you guys go because i know it's late there you know anything about mountain bikes Hey, we just bought some. We just got some. Like literally, we just bought it. Bought today. two today. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, there's Fox front forks and there's Rock Shocks. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Paul Turner, if you know anything about the two-stroke era, you guys are both pretty both pretty young. But Paul Turner, the Paul Turner from that worked at Honda, that came up with the Paul Turner racing engines. Mm -hmm. He dreamt it in the middle of the night, woke up, drew it, went back to sleep, got up the next morning and built the first set of front shocks, air, air forks. That's crazy. That's so cool. So when you're starting to think about it and you have a notepad next to your bed and you draw it, write it down and then go <laughs> do it the next day. <laughs> there you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. It, there's there's big things on the horizon for you too. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully at some point. That's awesome. So thank you again. 
And uh, why don't you hold on for me for a moment? All right. Thanks. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. More than 33 years in the industry is building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.